Thanks for tuning in to What is the Point? This podcast is tailored for those navigating their 20s and 30s who want to end up somewhere on purpose. We promise to keep the conversation real and honest as we ask ourselves this question. What's the point in all the different facets of our life? It's our desire that you would gain practical handles to these deeper questions we ask ourselves every single day. So with that being said, let's hop into this week's episode of What is the Point? Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to an episode of What is the Point? Today, we have a few changes to the podcast because we have a whole crew here. We have John March. You may know him. We have, uh, what's what's her name? Heather Harmon. Is that what we call her? Double H? Heather H. Harmon. Jordan Deese in the house. Hello. Hello. Pew, pew. <laughs> and let's not just assume that everyone out there knows how awesome you three are. And so if you could, John, I know. I know. You're awesome. Take <laughs> your compliment. Going. Keep talking about me. I love <laughs> if you it. could give us a snapshot of who you are, where you work, and maybe throw in your favorite Bible verse, that would be fantastic. <laughs> oh All right, who's kicking us off? Gosh. Jordan, I feel like you're ready to go. <laughs> well, I don't have Don't a say class. John 316, okay? Okay. Uh, well, that's actually it. <laughs> So, uh, my name is Jordan Deese, and I work for an organization called the Church Multiplication Network, helping uh, pastors and church leaders plant uh, start and start new churches all across the country. Uh, and I help specifically doing training events, uh, doing that, helping train these pastors to, to do that. My favorite Bible verse, gosh, Bryce, you got to throw me under the bus, and now I look like a terrible person. Genesis 1-1, John 3-16, what else do we all know? An answer could be you just have so many, you just yeah. can't think of could your possibly favorite. Choose. I do, it just depends on the day for me. So go ahead, Heather, you can go You can go. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pass the buck here. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm Heather. I work full-time as a project manager at a marketing digital ad agency in Springfield called Hook Creative. Um, and I just recently started real estate on the side. Ooh, so. many hats. <laughs> Shameless plug. If you're looking <laughs> to buy or sell, hit me up. Um, not Stephen Thomas, Heather Harmon. Um, <laughs> and I guess my favorite Bible verse, I think it is Daniel 316. <laughs> Come I think, on. I think that's fact check. Put it. Let's fact right. check. Um, but it's the, and if not, he is still good. It's been a screensaver of mine. That's the only reason I know the address. I He's think, looking at Bible verses. No, I'm not. I'm not even looking at Bible verses. <laughs> um, but I know for sure it is. And if not, he is still good. Where it's located, I think Daniel 316. Wow. I love it. I love it. John Martz, come on. I'm surprised no one's stolen. Uh, he wept. She wept. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. He <laughs> can't get it right. And I missed. Shortest I had a 50-50. <laughs> Hey, fifty percent. I got one of those words. So, um, oh wow. Who are uh, you, John? Well, my name is John Martz, and I have Martz. Yes, uh, as young adult director here uh, at North Point. And favorite Bible verse? I mean, you guys are gonna be proud of me, but. Um, <laughs> Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, oh and penetrates gosh, only to dividing cool. soul and spirit, joints oh, and marrow, judges the thoughts and attitudes of your heart. Yes. Boom. Bible quiz champion. He gets another pin for the jacket. 1996. Oh my gosh, what? I was one. Bible quiz champion I was one 1996. years old. Wow. <laughs> when you memorized that verse? Wow. Were you like five? John. Wow. Well, I was born in 92, so actually I would have been You did born. not know that verse oh, no, when you were right, four. Right, right, right. Or I was three. a little older. I was a little older. I'm okay. sorry, everybody. <laughs> no I'm way. sorry. Fact checking. Wow. We are fact checking this hard. Okay. Um, and last but not least, we've got Bryce. Bryce, tell us 
Wow, what we've all been wanting to hear. Tell us your your place of employment, and then also here we go. Also, uh, your favorite Bible verse. My favorite Bible verse. Bible verse. (laughs) My favorite Bible verse is Matthew eighteen twenty, and I think it really does a good job of explaining the type of environment we're in right now. What's going on right now? It's where 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 two or three are gathered in my name. There I am among them. (laughs) Jesus is here among us because we're gathered in His name through this podcast. So, but if but if nine show up, he can't. Nope. Because <laughs> nope. it's illegal. Three, two or three or four, you know. Oh, we get four. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then my place of employment uh, has recently changed. I've gone from being unemployed, which what? is my favorite place of employment. In between jobs. <laughs> to uh, I got hired on uh, to move to Austin, Texas with a company called Subsplash. And I uh, will be helping build the culture and their team down there in Austin and helping church leaders implement uh, digital tools to help engage uh, with their church members and their audience. And so they're, they're headquartered out in Seattle, and I'm moving in a week and two days. What? So that's the big news. I, I, I hate to break it to you on the podcast, guys, but I'm leaving in a week. Wow. How exciting. And that's so awesome. Uh, Bryce, we know you're going to do awesome things down in Austin. Um, and, and just a couple episodes ago, we got to sit down with Bryce and walk through some decision making and what that looks like. And you had a couple different options. And so everybody that picked option two subsplash for Bryce to go to extra oh, points man. to you. <laughs> all right. But he has decided to follow Jesus down in Austin. Yeah. Uh, I think he's no down turning there. Back. I think Jesus is down there. So. No turning back. Yes. And so um, we're about to get into our podcast. First things first, I want to thank our sponsor, Don Man, uh, for bringing us this delicious coffee. Yes. Uh, before we get started, Don really, truly is the man. He is And the man. I know we talked two about Two ends, though. Two ends. M-A-N-N. So many of you know Don. Uh, and just what an awesome heart he has. Uh, but today... Well, well, on that, real quick, if you want a, a shout-out on this podcast, all it takes <laughs> that's all it is takes. a Starbucks just, order. That's it. That's <laughs> not much. <laughs> hey, today, Bryce, what are we talking about? I love it. Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, just going through changes. I mean, I'm definitely, like you said, in a uh, transition right now where my life is going to look a lot different than it uh, has in the last couple of months. I know a lot of people listening in, they may have gone through similar changes. It might not be as, as such of a big thing as moving cities and getting uh, a different job, but um, their life does look different with everything that's been going on. And so I'm excited to, to kind of pick your brain and hear just about some changes that you guys have gone through in your life and how God's worked through that and some lessons that you've learned along the way. And so just starting out in this season right now, what are some of the biggest changes you've had to personally navigate? Okay, I I can kick it off since these two are newbies, Um, (laughs) you know. Uh, But no, I I think one of the biggest things for me has just been... moving from a season of busyness to a slowdown, which I know for a lot of us, we've all gone through this in some sort of way, whether that be our social life has slowed down or our relationship life has slowed down or just work life. And so uh, there's a lot of different elements that, at least for me, have just been slowing down in different ways. And I'm kind of shifting the perspective of like busy equaling important. And that's something that I'll always struggle with just because I love saying yes to things. I love picking up new things. And I have definitely talked about, hey, after this season, when we kind of get back to a routine that's a little more structured, 
what are the things that I want to pick up and what are the things that I don't want to pick up? And, you know, I, I was even listening to a podcast just the other day. Michael Todd, of course, a lot of you guys know him. Uh, so many people are, have you heard, have you heard relationship goals? Have you heard relationship goals? Yes, I've heard relationship goals, of course. That's why John's right? in a relationship. Absolutely. I lived it. I got to experience it. All right. But uh, no, I mean, fun- obviously phenomenal um, stuff that he has. And one of the things that he talked about was not looking at this season as punishment, but as preparation. And that can work financially, relationally, Mm -hmm. spiritually, in so many different facets. And so just looking at, man, what is the preparation, um, not H, that I'm going through and uh, how I can uh, start applying this to my life. And so that's kind of one of the biggest things for me is – just subtracting that busyness when people ask, how are you? And I'm just like, man, things are good. I'm just busy, you know? And that's almost like a badge of honor. Um, Mm -hmm. Shifting that narrative and be like, man, I have so much margin in my life and it is phenomenal. I get to spend time with my wife and kids and I get to actually focus on things that that matter in this time. And man, I was bored the other day. It was awesome. Like (laughs) how many times has somebody said that to you? You're like, never. And you would probably look at them funny. Um, But man, how, how awesome that has been the past month or so yeah yeah i think uh for me in the same boat as you so when this whole thing kicked off with the coronavirus and everything shutting down and people going into quarantine and all that i think uh myself and other young adults i've talked to so i think it's across the board you just want to jump in and like see how productive you can be everybody is wanting to put their nose to the ground and run at 100 miles an hour and uh prove that they can be productive through this thing and then what what i've we're like six weeks, seven weeks into this now, it starts to, once you get past that initial like burst of energy and adrenaline, so many people I've talked to, it's been almost like a nosedive into, oh, like this is not just for a season, like this is going to be a, a longer, it's going to be a kind of a new normal for us. And it starts to nosedive into, oh man. And it's, your heart starts to sink. You start to lose that burst of energy and it's navigating that dip and figuring out, okay, what does life look like now? For, so for me, I'm two weeks in, I was two weeks into the quarantine, operating at a really high level, running really quick, and then it's just like I tanked. And I don't know why. And for me, as a, as, a, as a person who likes to be productive, likes to stay on the front end of stuff, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's people all around me that are probably still running at 100 miles an hour, and I'm falling off. Mm-hmm. And so that, that just puts you in a position of like feeling bad about yourself and all this stuff. So for me, I've had to, in the last few weeks, kind of just readjust how I framed my mind around the season. So uh, on the front end, I was trying to prove my production. And I think uh, I've shifted to, I don't want to be able to just prove my production. I want to have an outcome to show for it. Like I'd, I'd rather not uh, walk around showing everybody like I have something to show. I'd rather have something to say when I come out on the other side of this. And to be able to have something to say, you need to be self uh, like ref- you need to be reflective process through a lot of things. Cause if, if you stay busy and if you're constantly surrounding yourself with voices and opinions and just busyness all around to keep your mind going, I think it's easy to lose out on, uh, kind of what you should be learning in the season. And it helps to go reflective. It helps to have the mindset of, I don't need to have something to show other people. I need to have yeah. something to say, uh, on the other side of this. And I need to have a story to tell. And I think that, has been for me the biggest shift is when I hit that dip, all right, how can I come out on the other side of this and not just, hey, I stayed busy the whole time. How can I have a story to tell on the other side? Yeah, that's really good. I think I relate to both of those things. I mean, I am a natural 
just busy body going doing things i mean like two jobs <laughs> two jobs yeah. <laughs> i mean seriously a third job in there somewhere <laughs> right i'm thinking about it i'm like what else could did I you do? start working on houses like <laughs> she's building them now building them? and yeah. sold, well, and I'm sold. Exactly. It. that's besides the point but um i think what i'm hearing both of you say is kind of the same thing that i've gone through where it's like if i'm not doing something then like i'm missing out on something i have this huge fear of missing out i really do like fomo is a real thing and I when I first got into quarantine honestly I was really really excited because I was at the tail end of this what I called season um, of busyness but really and I talked about this with Bryce on the podcast like it wasn't a season of busyness it was a season of excuses and I was just like packing my schedule and making myself really busy and pretending like it was doing me or those around me any good Um, but when I had a few days and then what turned into weeks and now months to reflect it's like man I don't think I was really serving anybody well in that season of six months of just like craziness really and so what's different I feel like with me now is I I feel really safe at home if you know me if you know Heather Harmon I don't like to be anywhere but Springfield, Missouri or Walnut Grove, Missouri is where I live. But like truly I get like, it's a real thing when I, Bryce has gone on several trips with me. Like as soon as we leave Springfield, I am an anxious (laughs) wreck. (laughs) And I think it's just because I get so caught up in feeling safe. Like I feel safe in Springfield. I feel safe at home. And I think if we zoom out on that a little bit, it's easy to feel safe, like in our jobs or our relationships or whatever that is. And we just kind of coast. And so now I'm feeling like I'm coasting in quarantine and I love where I'm at and I'm like honestly more anxious about transitioning back into the real world or back to normal than I was to transition into quarantine if that makes sense and I haven't really heard that a lot from people um but I think that's definitely true for me like I never want to leave quarantine I never want to (laughs) like I just don't I just feel safe but I know that that can also be really unhealthy for me because safe that isn't always a good thing like I can't always be safe and be who God has called me to be. I can't always be safe and reach the people who God wants me to reach. And I think I have this natural tendency to be really selfish and really prideful and just care about how I feel. Um, And I love feeling safe. And I think I use that sometime as a crutch. And so that's where I'm currently walking through of this, this transition of change from whatever normal was to now what normal is to what normal is coming. Um, And just kind of self-reflecting and um, what normal is going to look like for me moving forward. Yeah. And I think so many young adults can relate to that because anytime that there's a change, a big change, something looks different like that, that tends to bring out in most people a lot of fear. Yeah. A lot of fear of the unknown. A lot of like, oh man, this is really comfortable. I know this and I don't want to press into change because it's different and I don't have all the answers on what that looks like. And it really sounds like what you guys are saying is like how you view changes really determines how you walk through it. Yeah. And so what is something that's really helped you guys as seeing change as a good thing or a growth thing rather than going off of fear and saying, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I don't want to do this. Like, is there something that's helped you guys? I'll I'll say, I think I like that you brought up fear because I think that's what everybody associates change with. And I think we like fear has this negative connotation, but like fear isn't I'm trying to figure out a way to word this like there's you you will be fearful in situations like it's not to say that you should never have fear or there's something wrong with you if you have fear like I am deathly afraid of flying 
Like I've flown so many times and every time my parents are like, just don't think about it. And I'm like, <laughs> that makes me think about <laughs> that's it. More. it. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I have it's, never tried that mom and yeah. dad. Thank you. I'm going to not think about it. Like fear is gone. Like they are geniuses. They are geniuses. <laughs> Can you guys come on the flight with me, please? And remind me it's, it's rooted in a good place. But like, I think we think like if we have fear, then there's something wrong with us or maybe our relationship with God isn't what we thought it was. Like it, you can be fearful, but it's like when we're letting fear lead and we're not stepping into situations that we know our assignments or opportunities from God, that's when fear becomes an issue because fear is leading. And I fall into that so much with letting fear lead because I mean, I just said like in theory, I love change. I love the idea of change, but the practice, like the practical... <laughs> actually changing that's what makes me really really fearful and so I know I think what we do or at least I do is like I am disobedient or I delay obedience which is still disobedience like delayed obedience is disobedience um, because I'm fearful of like what be the change that being obedient will bring if that makes sense but I think what happens when we do that when we let fear lead is like we miss all of these opportunities and these assignments and experiences that God would use to grow us because we're afraid of what that change is going to look like. And so I think what God is saying is like I have bigger blessings for you if you would just step out a little further. Like if you would trust me a little more, like fear change a little less. Like you're sitting in a season or a relationship or a job that I no longer have new fruit for you to bear. Like if you would trust me and step out into this assignment then I have bigger blessings for you than you could have ever dreamt for yourself because I mean like I'm a dreamer I have all these things for these ideas and things that I want to do but when it comes time to like put the rubber on the road and do it I'm fearful of like putting out there what I've created or what ideas I have because once I put it out there like what are people going to think of me it's that fear of rejection the fear of like people thinking that what I've created is dumb or whatever it is and it's like well maybe that people thing, will think that yeah <laughs> no they will <laughs> there's always somebody but I think like God gave us each our stories and our testimonies or whatever it is that, you know, we want to create because other people can use that. And we're when we're so prideful to like not put it out there because of the fear of what people are going to think. Well, it's yeah. like somebody needs to hear that. Mm -hmm. So I think just like really calling it out in yourself, having people who are able to say like, hey, I know that fear is something that you struggle with anxiety. Like I'm seeing that you're letting fear lead in this moment. Like how can we step away from that? And so I think it's just letting fear, not letting fear lead, having somebody call you out and say like, you know, why, why are you saying no to this opportunity or whatever, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that last part, what you said is like hits the nail on the head. I think when navigating change, uh, community and relationships are probably having healthy community and relationships are probably the most important thing that you can have because other people will see things from a perspective that you just can't. So what what looks big and scary and I don't know how I'm going to navigate this uh, to you and you're just internally thinking about it all the time. You can't get it out of your head. You lay awake at night thinking about it. When you approach another person with that problem, it's like they they don't they don't have that burden that you the wear. Fear. They don't see, and yeah. they can help carry that for you, or they can call things out of you that you don't see in yourself that are, is like oh I. I can navigate that because that person that person believes, believes in me. Believes in me. That, that yeah. it's it, hel it helps to have uh, people like a little bit ahead of you in life, either like mentors or friendships that can call things out of you. Absolutely. But it also helps people around you to be able to push you forward and lift you up so good. because yeah. so much of the fear and anxiety that we have of change comes from our own like thoughts and emotions and yeah. feelings. But when that's released to other people, they can help 
draw stuff out of you that you had no idea would be there. Yeah. Yeah. And I even think just saying that out loud, I've heard so many young adults that, you know, just met with virtual groups or met with virtually that are like, oh man, I just, you know, we talk about the quarantine, we talk about all this stuff and they're like, man, I just know I need to change. There's so many changes <laughs> I need to make in my life. And I'm like, yeah, 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 we all need to make changes in some sort yeah, of so way. Just Come yeah, on. yeah, absolutely. Well, he's making changes. Okay. Well, he, yeah, he's, on he's the going side. through them. He's going through the thing it. Uh. But yeah, and we put so much pressure on us. And like, once we say it out loud, you know, I even said this out loud a couple of times where, you know, as the leader of something, I'm like, oh man, when when things go back to normal in two weeks, what's gonna be the change? Because I need to come out of this and yeah. not have wasted this time. I need to come out of this with some grand revelation. I need to come out of this with, you know, 50 new good habits that now I'm just a completely entirely new person. And I've been transformed during this time and I almost feel that pressure. And I've heard so many young adults talk about it. I'm just like, yeah, man, I need to start doing this and I really need to do this. And man, I just haven't used this time as effectively as possible. And, you know, we're not made to be robots. It's yeah. not, we, we all have dead weight things that, you know, pull us in other directions and habits that we're like, oh, we don't need to be doing them. You're correct. And uh, I, I don't know, th- there's just a lot of guilt and shame associated to some of that. And it's just uh, relieving some of that. And, uh, you know, just thinking, okay, I don't need to fix every bad habit that I have right now. And I don't need to eliminate every emotion that I have right now. I just need to, to start moving in the next right step because I do feel a lot of pressure of these big changes have to happen. And I'm like, oh, I don't I don't really have the answer or anything. And then I have a deadline of two weeks to make yeah. it happen. And, you know, you really start to feel that. But, um, yeah, just eliminating some of that when you say it out loud, you, you do kind of seem to notice that it's a little silly. Yeah. Right. Here's something I just thought of for that, too. And because I didn't have a favorite Bible verse, earlier, <laughs> Here I, we go. I feel like I need to have a little bit of justification. So feeling the pressure of, like, we put our own like deadlines on stuff. And even with like the whole coronavirus things, we're saying like when things get back to normal, if I don't come out of this on the other side yeah. with something like that's, that's a self-imposed right. thing. Deadline. And and just because we impose it upon ourselves doesn't mean that that's the way that God operates. So like in my head, as you're describing that, I'm thinking of the massive change that happened in scripture when Moses leads the people of Israel out of Egypt and they they cross the the Red Sea and they're on their way out and God didn't give them the God didn't give Moses the tablets with the 10 commandments and the and the the things to lead Israel as soon as they came out of Egypt right like right. it wasn't that he came out of Egypt and all of a sudden on the other side of that yeah. was his ability to lead the people and these are the directions that you go they had to walk around for a while they had to get to the mountain and he still had to like seek God and go after the things that he is. He had to just take a next step and a next step and a next step. And then eventually God brought the the revelation of this is how you lead them. But it wasn't just because that they entered a new normal or they, they got out of something that God magically did it. Sometimes it just takes trusting that, hey, God's got me. God wants me to live a great life more than I do. He, he cares about me more than any, any of this. So just because that there's an imposed deadline, like if I don't, my gosh, if I don't come out of this with a new talent, skill, or hobby, mm-hmm. and I have to face reality of the people around me, and they they all do, like like Heather can ride a unicycle now or something, like that, <laughs> and I can't out of this. What is that going to look like? Yeah, 
I think also too, like I, I'm really practical. So I think a practical thing for me when I notice that I'm letting fear lead is like, okay, what is worst case scenario? Because that's what we fear, right? Is worst case scenario. And oftentimes when you really work through it and figure out what worst case scenario is, worst case scenario is really not that bad. <laughs> like most instances, right? So I think just like going through that process of like, okay, if this happens, then what? usually it's not that big of a deal. So I think that's just like a practical tool for you to be able to kind of talk through in your mind, like fear is leading. What can I do to fix that? Yeah, no, oh, that is so good. I mean, I'm just like thinking everything you're saying relates to me and the exact situation that mm -hmm. I'm going through. Uh, because I feel like for me, I'm even having that like Moses moment where I'm like wanting all the, the commandments and the answers yeah. and the guidance from God. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't have it all. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's truly where Jordan, you're saying, take the next step. And like, that's truly where your faith becomes like tangible. Right. Um, because you're having to walk and move forward knowing that God's in it, but without having all the answers. And for me, like even making this decision of going down to Austin, like I, I, I was so hung up on like, do I do this or do I do the other thing? And do I do this thing? Because it wasn't laid out perfectly of like this decision yep. is the right decision. And this decision is the wrong decision. Yep. They were all good decisions. And for me, I got so caught up in that that I, I didn't want to move. I didn't want to take the step. I didn't want to go to where God was calling me uh, because it was just so overwhelming and I felt like I needed to have all the answers. But then I realized, well, then what is my faith if I'm asking God to give me all the answers? Right. right. And my buddy told me this uh, it, just the other day and it stuck out. He's, he said, because uh, he had just recently moved to uh, Memphis, Tennessee like a year ago and I was just like, dude, what was that like? Like any tips or any suggestions? And he's like, man, what I realized was like me stepping out and going to Memphis and it's the same as me going to Austin like um, like faith faith is faith is like going and then knowing that like God if, if you don't show up I'm not gonna make it right, right. like like God if you're not there like this isn't gonna work like I I'm going to have to cling to you I'm going to have to keep taking steps in faith or this isn't gonna work because without you, like this is just gonna completely fall apart. Right. Mm -hmm. And I totally feel like that going to Austin. I'm like, man, if I'm doing this on my own, if I'm doing this uh, out of my will and um, I'm not really putting my faith in God, like it's gonna crumble. Cause I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, right. to be honest. <laughs> uh, I don't know a ton of people down there. Yeah. I don't know what my coworkers are like. I don't know, you know, exactly what the, and that's what I want to know so, so bad. And for yeah. me, it took to really navigate that decision. It took coming that realization, but also going to a guy who was mentoring me that like really could walk me through and, and I could process. And he like encouraged me and like challenged me and said, man, I believe in you. And I think God's in all of these decisions. Yeah. And I, I don't, think you need to keep thinking or keep trying to find the answers before right, you make right. one and like that gave me the confidence to be like okay like God is in this and he's equipped me and I can go uh I can step into the unknown so right. man that's so so personal right you know there. I'm glad I could be so much help for you Bryce. <laughs> that was yeah, John so Martin. that was John Martin, everybody. <laughs> well, no. the thing is if you ever are a hundred percent like if you're waiting to be a hundred percent sure of something before making any type of change in your life you're gonna wait for the, the rest of it if yeah. if you're like teetering on the edge of making a decision and you're like 60, 70% sure. And you're like, and you're being faithful to God and you're, you're heading in the right direction. And you just have a, a, like a few good choices. 
it's not going to be the end of the world if you choose something and then stuff doesn't work out. It, yeah. It's you didn't miss out on God because you chose an opportunity and stuff fell apart. Like yep. it, it's just not the way that it, it operates or the way God operates. He wants good things for you just as much as you do. And it's it's hard to think that in our head sometimes. Like we don't want to screw anything up. We don't want to mess anything up. But we just have to realize that God wants these things for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah, really and good. I think it's a question of like, not is God in this, but am I inviting God in this? That's yeah, great. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like constantly reminding me that, okay, okay, I can take a step, but but invite God in this. And what does that look like? And what does my faith and look like in this? And for me, it's like challenging me to rely and lean on him even more um, through all that. I want to hear about you guys, like a time in your life um, where you had a big, big change and that's produced growth or like you knew that change was necessary for you to grow. Yeah, um, I can answer that one easily. Um, So (laughs) I played basketball my whole life. Like it was my thing. It's what I did. I played it in college. So it was like 16 years of playing a sport, like 16 years of academics. Um, And obviously when I graduated college, both of those things were over. And they were two things that I really relied on for a really long time. And then even as I was graduating college, I was in a three year long relationship that had just ended that I didn't think was ever going to end. That wasn't my plan for it. So here I am with a diploma and zero plan (laughs) and nothing to belong to. And what I realized was in that short season right after graduating and ending my basketball career was that that was all I knew. And that was where I found my identity and my worth. And without a ball in my hand or a a degree or a class or whatever, like I didn't know who to be. And I was like, I have to belong to something. And I don't think that's bad. At first I was like, well, that's not good. Like now I have nothing to belong to. And honestly, that's how I stumbled into the point. And that's been like the greatest life change for me in my adulthood. So at first, like when I'm graduating and and ending basketball, man, there was just this huge, like, I just call it like void because I didn't really know what to fill it with because normally I would just fill it with the basketball or with whatever. So when both of those came to an end, I was just kind of like, well, now what? Like, who am I without a ball in my hand and um, nothing to work for? And I realized, and this is something that I'm still kind of working through and trying to overcome is um, this feeling that I have to work for approval instead of from it. And that's something that, you know, looking back, I can see that I, I've kind of always struggled with. And, and basketball was a really good outlet for that because it was something like, I know if I work harder, I can become better then I can get awards or win or be whatever. And then people will like me. And I've noticed that that's just been like a theme of my whole life, really. And so when basketball was over and, you know, I was graduating and I'm stepping into my professional career and I didn't really belong to anything, I realized how much I really craved belonging to something and honestly that's how I stumbled into the point and it's been such a huge life change for me to really experience community and experience Christ-centered friendships and accountability and and people who will just really hold me to what I say and that's been huge for me and honestly it was the scariest part of my life because you know I was sad leaving basketball behind and I just didn't really know who I was without it and and now you know, it's been great for me to look back and be so thankful for my basketball career and getting to go to college and played in college. But like, that's not who I am anymore. I think back then I had it really confused, like basketball was who I was. But now in hindsight, I'm like, basketball was never who I was. It was just like what I did. And I'm proud of it. And I'm glad that I did it. But um, 
I think I'm carrying that into this season now where like work is not who I am. Like making money is not who I am. Like it's what Although I, you're good at. It. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you give some to me too? I don't. Thank you. Just pass it around. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but really just like not tying my worth and my identity up into my work or what I do or what I create or what people think of what I do or make or create. And really just knowing that I am already enough because of who I am, because of who he created me to be. Yeah, for me, um, I mean, I think for me, the the greatest area of change I've had to navigate in my life uh, was getting married. And <laughs> it's not just because like I have to now pick stuff up and <laughs> like I have to be organized and stuff now. I think honestly, uh, for me, I, I, always, I go through seasons of navigating like, okay, I love the success and the feeling of growth. But to get there, you have to navigate the pain of change. And so Mm, for me, when I'm not, when I can feel myself not growing in certain areas, it's because I can feel my comfort level rising. And it's like, okay, you want the, you want the success and the feeling of growth, but to do that, you have to lean into to change. And there is, it's almost like the only way you can do that is you have to have like 2020 vision of like what the growth might look like. It is the only way. But we are, I think it's like our nature. We just keep drawing back to like, uh, to a lower level almost. It's like, <laughs> it's like we draw back to like caveman level of, I just want to be comfortable and, and my little, fire my little and warm hut. It's like that. <laughs> so, so for me, I've noticed that there's different seasons in like our mirror. So, uh, I hope Chris is not listening to this because I'm going to tell an embarrassing story <laughs> about her. Uh, you her. always do. I always so, do. She, so, knows. she should knows. expect it. So we go on our honeymoon and we're in the Dominican Republic and we're three days into it and I'm having the time of my life, right? <laughs> like I'm on a beach, I'm by the pool, uh, people bring me food and drinks whenever I want. It's, inc- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like marriage. And yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh this is how God. marriage is wow, going to be. so much to look forward to. <laughs> no. And three days into it, Carissa gets homesick oh she hasn't lived at home at this point for two years like (laughs) but she she realizes that she's shackled to me for the rest of her life (laughs) and she's not and she's not going home anymore to her mom and her dad and so this was the first time for me like oh my gosh i'm not just like responsible for me and i can't just care about like how awesome this is that i'm in an exotic location and it's (laughs) paradise but i also have to like carry emotional responsibility for somebody that I care about. Yeah. And, and this is three days in. This, this is three days in. Like, <laughs> this is three days This is in. a lot to take oh, in right now. So <laughs> it, it only took me 21 years into my life to realize I have to care about other people, which is a terrible, <laughs> like it's terrible to, to, have to wait that long to do it. But for me, uh, it, it was a realization like, okay, the more I can lean into being uh, empathetic and truly caring for the needs of others, then my growth as an individual will skyrocket. Yeah. The more I lean into how I can serve and care about the people around me, not just my wife, my friends, my relationships, the more I can help set others up to, to win at things, to serve them, to make sure that what they have their mind set on, that I can help however I can. I think the more I can lean into the my getting rid of like the selfishness of me to Mm -hmm. move my own agenda forward, my own goals forward. And it's painful, Mm -hmm. but the more you lean into the pain, the more that change can occur and the greater the growth. And I, I want to always enjoy the growth more than I hate the pain. 
Mm. What what helps you lean into that pain? Because I, I that's hard to do. Easy to say, right? Yeah. So uh, I I had a great like leader and mentor in my life the other day. He's he's going through his own transition, and he said that three things in life, or it's like two things in life are ine- inevitable. One is not. It's change, pain, and progress. Mm-hmm. So in order to to navigate and get to progress, you have to go through uh, just change and pain, and the impact that you have. Uh, on the people around you isn't that you can personally endure the change and the pain. Like any of us can say uh, to like get to different growth barriers in our life. Like if I wanted to be more empathetic with people, I just have to be able to serve more and fight that selfish desire inside of me. Mm-hmm. But in actual, to actually have an impact on others, you have to learn how to help others navigate change and pain. Yeah. Because the more that you can help other people navigate that for themselves, the greater impact you have. Like think about the, the types of people when you're going through your life. So you're not going through this change to move to Austin. The and pe- it's painful. It's painful. Mm-hmm. The people that you've talked to that have helped you navigate Absolutely. it. What are your feelings towards them right now? Gratitude. So much. Immense gratitude. Yeah. All you're thinking is, oh my gosh, the impact level they've had on my life. I don't even think I could describe it. And they care so much. Like and, what could I do to return that? And the reason that they do is because they're helping you navigate what this change is like and the type of pain in your life. So if for all the young adults out there that want to be able to make an impact on this world, right? We always talk about how we want to make an impact on our friends and relationships and our jobs and all this stuff. The way you do that is to not just navigate uh, hard things yourself and lean mm-hmm. into change and lean into pain, but also look at the people around you and say, what are they going through that I can help call out of them, what I can help carry for them, how can I help serve the people around me? Because the more that I can help other people navigate change and pain, and the more I can lean into that and be empathetic and care about the people around me, the more impact that I can have. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it's, a, it's a Jesus characteristic. It's how he helped navigate uh, and lead uh, disciples and hundreds of people through the, the change of going from like Judaism to Christianity and all this stuff. It's helping other people navigate change and pain. And it's once you realize that it's not just about me and I can help do that, your impact can like multiply and go beyond. Good. <sighs> That'll preach, man. I'm adding <laughs> you on speed dial. I'm going to be calling yes. you up every week. <laughs> yes. Wow, that was good. Well, I know this would help me a ton out, and I know people listening in as well who are going through a big change. Um, what what advice would you leave me with um, <laughs> as I say my goodbyes? And I'm going to try not to get teary-eyed here. <laughs> um, I think, first of all, just like commending you on being able to really step out in obedience and know that, you know, you had a lot of good options, um, but as long as you are seeking God and depending on God, knowing that, you know, he's going to be there with you. I mean, I can commend you for that because like I said, change is really hard for me. And I don't know that I would be able to make that big of a change. Um, but I also think just practically like obedience, like we can't judge obedience on the outcome. And I think so often we think like, well, if I'm obedient, then this cannot go wrong. Like if I know that this is from God and I say yes to this, then like, nothing bad can happen. And that's just not true. true. Like it's just not true. And so I would just encourage you that, you know, it might not look like what you thought it was going to look like. You might miss home. You might experience fear whatever, but, um, that doesn't mean that you're in the wrong place. That doesn't mean that this wasn't a godsend. It doesn't mean that God's not in it. Um, and so I would just 
really encourage you to continue to lean on him. And it kind of touches on what we said earlier about like, we want to have all the answers. We want to be able to see, you know, into this globe of like two years from now, after I moved to Austin, oh yes, everything ended up great. Perfect. So I'll go here. Absolutely. Like what you're saying when you say, you know, I, I want to know the answers. What you're saying is like, I don't want to re- have to rely on God. And so I would say just mm. like being okay with not knowing, and I know you well, so I know that's hard for you. <laughs> um, and at some level it is for all of us, yeah. but I would just say like trusting yourself and trusting that God is going to use whatever situation you're in, whatever city you're in, whatever job you're in um, to grow you in your dependence on him. Thank you for that. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I was actually thinking about this this morning and, uh, because uh, for those of you out there, Bryce sent us what we're talking about like late <laughs> last night. And so I'm, I wanted him to pray over it for a second. In the morning, <laughs> so, and, and again, I was the one in the front end that didn't have a Bible verse, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try to be as spiritual as possible. Because I was thinking about this this morning. And what I was thinking about is that as uh, each one of us navigate change, but especially you like right now. And because I know like your and I personality is similar. Like we're both eights on the Enneagram. We're both charged the hill, like hell with a water pistol. We're, we're ready to go. Absolutely. And what, what happens with change is that for us, it is super exciting on the front. Oh, right? oh you're, yes. you're ready to go. But four weeks from now, five weeks from now, when it's, when it's hit and when you're it's not settled and, you're and, in there. and now it's real life, it's the dip. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to learn how to navigate the dip. And I was I was mm. reading uh, in this this scripture today. I don't know why it wasn't my favorite earlier. <laughs> but there's a story in Second Chronicles, which is if you've never read Second Chronicles, kind of a boring book. It, it just goes over like a bunch of kings and stuff like that. But anyway, there's this there's this king named Asa, and it says about Asa that he was uh, faithful throughout his entire life. But as we know, like when you navigate change, your faith levels rise and fall. Like. At one point, I'm ready to charge the hill, right? And the next, like two weeks later, I might be at my lowest point. Our faith levels will always rise and fall. And for me, that's hard to navigate because you're like, I want to be faithful. I want to uh, serve God with everything I have. But it's just human nature. We We get dragged down and we have moments of where our faith wavers. And he, uh, two instances, two battles that Asa is, is kind of over. One, he fights a million Ethiopians. This sounds weird, but he, he goes into battle against a million Ethiopians. He doesn't know what to do, and he prays to God. He says, I don't know what we're going to do here, but I have complete trust in you. And they, and they win the battle. Mm. Uh, like Something like 30 years later, he goes into another battle. Less people, uh, and he goes into battle. It's actually against Israel, so he's the king of Judah. He, it's against Israel. And instead of trusting in God, praying and doing that, that kind of thing. What he does is he buys off another king and sends their troops into battle. And so God sends uh, a, a prophet to go basically talk to um, King Asa to, to figure out what he's, or to basically condemn him for doing it. And it's Hanai the seer. And in that, he says this, this verse, and it's, it's stuck with me. I've been thinking about it all day. Hanai the seer says to King Asa, whose faith level went from super high and trusting in God in one battle and then dropped way low that he and, had to, And they had less people. Yep, less fight. people. Yep. yep. So his faith level drops way low. It says this about the, the faith. It says, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those hearts who are fully committed to him. So our faith levels may rise and fall, but if your heart stays committed to the Lord, it says that 
the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to That's him. Good. So what Asa didn't do, he was his faith level dropped. And so he was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do something else. But it's not about your faith level in the moment. It's, is my heart fully committed to this? Because if my heart's fully committed to this, the Lord, God is always searching to strengthen those whose hearts are wow. in it. And so no matter our emotions, the, 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 the roller feel, coaster yeah. that we go on, if we can stay committed and we can stay stay like steadfast and moving forward, God actually will send people around you to strengthen you. He'll actually send his Holy Spirit to strengthen you. So we don't have to worry about, am I gonna, am I gonna make this? Is my emotion level high enough? Can I get through this? Because we just have to realize that God's looking to strengthen us more than yeah. we're looking to get through it ourselves. Mm. So that's what I would say to you in this, because I know you, a month into this, six weeks into this, you're going to hit a dip. <laughs> yep. And you're going to question everything. You question your calling. My existence. You, que- you, you question <laughs> whether My this Starbucks was the order. right move or not. <laughs> yeah. And what I'm saying to you is it doesn't matter your faith level at the time. Yeah. It can be high. It can be low. But as long as you stay committed, your heart's committed, you're in it for the right reasons, and you realize my calling matters to me more than my feelings right now, mm. then you're going to make it through and That's you're going to get through it because God has called you and, and mm. chosen you for this season, for this purpose. Thanks, man. Come I on, preacher. I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> I, I'm just like I don't even know what to say. I'm glad I gave my advice before. I, 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 yeah, you know what? That's gonna be a, wow. a two minute piece that I'm gonna listen back to for like the next eight weeks. Uh, or when I hit that dip, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen back to that. That that means a ton and I appreciate that, Jordan. Wow, I don't know how I can top that, but <laughs> I, I do love the idea of just, man, take the pressure out of the choice, um, whether or not you made the right one. And I've, I've talked to so many young adults, which are like, well, what do I do? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not supposed to tell you what to do. <laughs> it's not my job. Uh, but well, well. I, I, <laughs> kind of. Kind I, of just get, <laughs> I just get paid to if speak it's on stage. Worse, then who's is it? <laughs> <laughs> I just entertain people for 30 minutes on yeah. stage, okay? I love that. Um, but no, uh, I think just take the pressure out of it. And yeah, it, it's not about the result. Um, kind of what Heather was saying because I, I've been in so many situations and I've I know so many people who have you know moved and they've they've started a new venture and they found out wow this is awful and yeah. everything yeah. hits the fan and it's so bad and I've had a few of those myself when I was out in Seattle and that was one of the most uh you know, pivotal yeah. moments in my life. So that's something I can always look back to and be like, man, uh, I'm judging God's faithfulness. And that was a season where I, I felt like I had none, but I had so much. Right. And, um, you know, whether or not it's seen as a, 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 you know, a bust for you or not, like it, it wasn't. And yeah. you're going to learn so much about yourself in the process just yeah. by taking this leap. And, yeah. um, you know, there's kind of an illustration that a, a slightly more uh, famous Jonathan has used. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Bakluda. Um Jonathan the third. <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he's just slightly slightly more known than me. Uh, but you know, he's got the whole illustration of like, man, there's you know, his kids come up to him uh, and they're like, hey, we're gonna go play outside. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just don't go by the pool because you know you fall in, you could drown. Yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. And then the kids come up, hey, hey, should we play hot, hopscotch? Should we play on the jungle gym? And he's like, no, I don't care. Like, just don't go by the pool. And then he's like, you know, hey, should we go? Uh, should we go ride bikes or should we go play in the sandbox? And he's like, I-, I don't care. Like, just <laughs> don't go by the pool. <laughs> and I think, man, you know, in in this, I, I know even with all the decisions that you had, like, man, no, your motives aren't sinful in this, and your motives yeah. aren't to glorify yourself. I mean, you you are wholeheartedly searching for, man, really what what God's calling you to do. And I think yeah. that there's so many young adults in that boat, and 
I know I've overanalyzed things and I'm an overthinker and I'm just like, man, well, what does God really, really want? And am I going to let him down if I do this or do that? And I was just like, man, I don't think he cares. Like, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think he cares about you <laughs> yeah. and, and what you do, but I don't think that, you know, he's not like, there's well, not a pressure. There was, there was an A, yeah, yeah, there was an A and a B and you chose the B option. So it's just not going to be as good as A. Right. And, and as long as yeah. you're walking with me, you're going to live that out in either yeah, of those absolutely. options. But we so, get caught yeah. up and it's one, two or three yeah. and rating the. Yeah. And yeah. I promise you, it's not Jesus whispering in your ear, be like, you better make the right choice. Yeah. Like he wouldn't put that pressure on you. I think it's just eliminate the guilt, eliminate the shame, eliminate the pressure of having to make the right option and just know like, Hey, I'm walking faithfully in Christ. And, and I believe that he's going to bless whatever situation I get into, even if externally it doesn't feel like a blessing. Right. So that's, I mean, I've had so many instances like that, but those have been the most growing times when I look back and reflect. So that's right. Well guys, that's so encouraging. And I know that, that's going to be encouraging for young adults who are listening and who listening and who are navigating change right now. I know I'm not the only one. And so, um, man, I hope people just really go back and listen to this. Even, even again, if you're navigating through change right now, because I know for me, I'm going to be doing that because there's just so many good reminders that we talked about today and just with God's faithfulness. And, and if we, if we really put him first and put our focus on him, you know, really that kind of takes care of everything else. Um, if you get it down into the simplest terms, but I just want to say, man, it's been such an honor, um, getting to serve this young adult community. And like, I just want to thank every young adult out there who has trusted me with a mic and, and just let, <laughs> let me say some words, uh, through this podcast and, and, um, just being a part of, uh, building a young adult community. I know it's made such an impact in my life and that's what keeps me, keeps me going because honestly, I feel like I'm getting more out of this than I could ever give back. And so John, I want to thank you for being uh, such a great partner in crime <laughs> Shut your mouth. Uh, during the journey. And I, I honestly think the best is yet to come. Um, we're going to have Jordan and Heather and John kind of be taken over and, and doing future podcast episodes. So I uh, keep listening in. I might be back for a surprise episode uh, once in a while, but I know it's only going to get better from here. So I love you, young adults. And remember, this isn't goodbye. It's just, I'll see you later. Oh, <laughs> I had to have it. Drop. I had to throw it in there. Oh, <laughs> Mic drop. Oh, I love it. Well, guys, thanks for listening in and we'll see you next time.